You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Critical Mass Business Talk Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and boy, do we have a good show planned for you today. I've invited Mike Lynn, Mike Flynn, sorry, Mike, I know your name, founder and principal of OC Restaurant to join us to talk about his journey as an entrepreneur and a restaurateur. Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rick. Good to be here. So let, let's get right into it. You've been developing your business concept for over two years. Mm -hmm. So take me back to what was your original motivation to leave Cast Iron Partners to begin to plan to open your restaurant here in Orange County? Yeah, um, to be honest, it really was was more just the next step in, in the greater plan. Um, I got started working in restaurants when I was 20 years old. Uh, I, I would say that you know, for the most part, I fell in love with the business almost immediately. Um, I knew it was something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, set up a, a couple goals for myself, even that that first summer. The first goal of which was to uh, be the general manager of a full service fine dining restaurant by 27. And then I wanted to get back to Orange County and open a restaurant to take care of my family and my friends um, by the time I was 30. So in leaving Cast Iron, I think I was you know, 28 or 29 at the time. It was really just a logical next step to achieving that next goal, which was to get back to Orange County to open this restaurant. Okay, so I'm going to go a little deeper with you. What was it and is it about this in, being in the restaurant business that you fell in love with? What aspects? Great question. Um, a, a number of different things. Uh, you know, I think first and foremost, I really enjoy the unpredictability of every day. I enjoy being on my feet. I enjoy talking to guests. It, it still feels pretty surreal that I get to pay my bills by you know serving food and pouring wine. Um, and the pursuit of greater knowledge in those fields is is really how I, I advance myself. It's it's a dream to be honest. It's also a very you know frankly tangible way of of making money. And I've talked about this in the past before. Um, you know, back going all the way back to college, obviously friends that are going to, they're going to law school or going to work on, on Wall Street. Um, I've never been one really that, that enjoyed sitting in a cubicle and, and, and working on spreadsheets or, or writing briefs or something to that effect. Um, I enjoy being on my feet. I enjoy interacting with our guests every day. It's just it's a really fun kind of tangible way to make money. Did you have this sense prior to your experience as a professional in the restaurant industry? I mean, can you trace it back to sometime? previous to your professional experience? Or I, I don't I don't think so, to be honest. You know, it's funny, you, you, you meet so many individuals, particularly in my business that, you know, grew up next to their grandmother, uh, learning family recipes in the kitchen, and, and they knew they wanted to be a chef or open restaurants when they were four or five years old. And uh, not to say that my family isn't a great family of cooks, we, we make some pretty good food, I think. But 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 no, not necessarily. It was almost very fortuitous. Um, that first summer, I, I, I helped open a little seafood restaurant in Huntington Beach, just almost kind of on a whim. Um, and, and caught the proverbial bug right off the bat. It, it was very, it was very fortunate, very lucky. You you are fortunate to be doing something that is a calling for you, and that's what I kind of yeah. hear hear you saying. So um, I can only imagine what you've gone through as you've worked out and launched OC Restaurant over the past two plus years. So what have you learned? about your restaurant and getting it up and successful while you've done that during a time of a pandemic? Well, I, I think it's important to know. We, we were supposed to open the restaurants uh, last year, actually, 
you know, I signed my lease uh, in October of 2019. We were supposed to, to open the last week of August, the first week of September in 2020. Obviously, that didn't happen. We put the project on hold for a good six or eight months as best as we could. Um, I, I had no interest in opening the restaurant um, during, you know, in, in the pre-vaccine days, at least of, of 2020. Uh, when the vaccines were introduced in you know, November, December of, of last year, we basically got on the phone with the contractor um, and uh, wrote our construction timeline, decided we were going to open the restaurant on June 1st of this year. Um, has this year been a perfect you know, restaurant environment? No. Uh, I would say that the, the, the number one lesson that we've learned, that I've learned, um, expect the unexpected. Mm -hmm. If anything, this year, you know, looking June 1st all the way to December 15th, 16th, whatever it is today. Um, it, it has been very hard, uh, I think, to predict, you know, volume of business. You know, one month or one week, sales are up 25, 35, 40%. One week later, even two days later, they're down 25, 40%. It's been very challenging to find some sort of consistency in our business levels. And I think it, it really is it's still going to take some time for, for things to normalize. Um, so that's what's one lesson, but, you know, non-pandemic related, uh, other things that I've learned, uh, knowing when to pivot, you know, we, we've been open for six and a half months. We wrote a business plan for, um, what I call a fine casual model. We are a, an elevated, uh, counter service restaurant, at least to date, we are actually deciding to, to get rid of that ordering counter, um, on January 6th, based on the feedback that, that, that our guests have given us, you know, everyone seems to really enjoy our food. Our space is really comfortable. Our people, uh, you know, our, our team is very well informed and provides great service. Um, but there's a disconnect between the ordering counter up front and then the actual seated experience in the restaurant. So we're actually pivoting, you know, less than a year, obviously, into the business. Uh, and then finally, I, I would say, you know, a lesson for me personally, you know, for the most part, you know, up until now, you know, I think of for the most part, I've, I have advanced myself by, by almost outworking my peers, you know, Working harder has, has been a pretty general, you know, indication of growth and advancement and success. And you know, for the past you know, six, seven, eight months, it's been more of an exercise almost in um, working smarter, not harder. You know, I can work 14, 16 hours a day, uh, seven days a week, but that's not necessarily a guarantee of, of success or, or, or for growth. If anything, I almost need to step, take a step back from the business, force myself to take a step back from the day-to-day the, the -day operations of the business to focus more on strategy, long-term planning and forecasting. So that's interesting. Um, we're going to talk about your restaurant as a, as a business and what makes it unique and different. But before we get there, I, I kind of just, as you were talking, I'm wondering, what about finding people to work in your restaurant what has been your experience in getting the staff that you needed to be able to have a successful open um and it's it's incredibly challenged it's incredibly challenging right now i i would say before the pandemic my experience you know in, in a number of different cities was you, know, you put a job ad up for a position front of house position you know a server bartender you know for the most part it wasn't that hard to get 30 40 applications Back house, you put a job ad up you know, to be a dishwasher or a line cook. That was always the challenging part. You know, you get two, three, four applications. If anything, we found it's the exact opposite right now. We put up a job ad uh, for a line cook position or a dishwasher position. Somehow we're getting five, six, seven, eight applications. Front of house, it's, it's crickets. Um, what, do, what do I attribute that to? I don't necessarily know. Um, so how we kind of uh, attacked it, um, 
networking, to be honest. We have a really great team. We don't have a lot of turnover in the restaurant. We, do, we go out of our way, I think we do, to take really great care of our existing team in the restaurants. Um, work the channels through them. Do you have any family, friends, or colleagues that might be looking to work in a couple shifts here and there? Uh, we've, we've been able to grow our team, uh, I think, almost more through that strategy by word of mouth and by through networking than the traditional job ad channels because they're it's 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 very challenging out there. OK, and that's and that's consistent with what I've heard from others in your industry, which is um, good, not good to hear from you, but I'm glad we got your insight. It's consistent, on at least. Yeah, yeah, that's the word consistent. Unfortunately, it's consistent. Yeah. So let's talk about OC. First mm -hmm. of all, tell me about the name. What was the genius behind the name? Uh, ironically, you know, I always told myself that I was never going to open a restaurant with a punny name. I, I really don't care for restaurants that that, was, that are pun driven and then <laughs> opened a seafood restaurant in Orange County called OC. Um, you know, we bounced around names for months, months and months. Uh, I was up in Seattle in 2019 uh, working with a chef buddy of mine, just writing a couple of recipes. And we wrote a concept recipe called the OC Bowl. And it was it was just a, a simple bowl or plate with what I felt were a combination of flavors that reflected Southern California uh, with a piece of fish on top. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute, I can maybe change the C, the letter C to SEA. There could be a fun little, you know, take there. Uh, texted the entire group thread. What do you think about that as a name? And that was the first name in probably a six month you know, process where everyone's like, that's fantastic. Mm. Uh, Sent it to the graphic designer. We had a logo in within like four days. So what's the concept? Let's talk about the restaurant and what makes it unique and different. What what is yeah. it that's the we are a seafood restaurant of time and place. You know, if uh, I've worked in seafood for you know almost 11 years now, uh, we wanted to open a seafood restaurant that was reflective of the community in which we're located, which is Southern California in, in 2021. Uh, we don't make a lot of the traditional classic seafood recipes. We don't make crab cakes and lobster rolls and chowder. Not that there's anything wrong with those recipes, uh, but crab cakes are from Maryland. Chowder is from uh, Boston. Uh, lobster rolls are from Maine. Those places are all really far away from here. If you were to open a seafood restaurant in 2021 in Southern California, what would that look like? Uh, that's how we want this restaurant to be perceived. So we serve, uh, you know, food. I think that's reflective of, of this neighborhood. We serve a lot of East Asian food, Southeast Asian food, Latin ingredients, uh, and a seasonal component because California gets, uh, I believe, greater access to high quality seasonal produce than just about anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. um, we also spend a great uh, deal of time working with our vendor partners in, in identifying what we call responsible proteins or responsible products to bring into the restaurant, seafood in particular. Um, there's, there's a lot of talk in uh, culture, society today about the crisis in the oceans. Are we running out of wild caught fish, rising ocean temperatures, pollution? There's, I mean, there's a, a lot of different things, different potential issues in, in the oceans right now. Uh, not that we necessarily market you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, overwhelmingly to our guests, the amount of time and, and effort that we that we take in, in identifying you know products to bring into the restaurant, uh, I'd say for the most part, you know, majority of our guests they don't necessarily need to know or want to know all of that information every day. But there is definitely a core demographic of our guests that really do care about it, and they return to the guests for uh, to the restaurant for that reason. So, by holding that vision, what challenges? does that create for you as a restaurateur to find the supply that you want that meets the goals that you have for yourself? Well, it's just, it's, it's a much smaller product window. Uh, there's just a, there's a, a lesser amount of products that we believe we can bring into the restaurant. Uh, you know, I've had the, the privilege of working for a number of great restaurants prior to, to launching this venture. Um, they all did took their sourcing very seriously. 
Um, it was something that I almost was able to take for granted. But, you know, in the development process for this restaurant, when it's finally my turn to sit at the table with the vendor and you're looking at a product sheet, you know, uh, you have a choice. I have a choice. Do you want to uh, identify just the best product that you can get at the lowest price point? Or do you really want to ask the tough questions with your vendor? Tell me about this product. Where did it come from? What was the catch method? How long has it been out of the water? Once you start asking those questions, you know, take salmon, for example, you go from having 40 different options to maybe three or four. Um, so that, that, that in, in essence is a challenge, um, but it's a challenge that I think is worthwhile. And, and if anything, it's, this is a cultural trend. It's, it's, it's of cultural importance. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. When you talk to your suppliers this way, do you also find, and I, I guess I feel like this is a leading question. I don't mean it to be, but I mean, do some suppliers, uh, not feel like they want to do business with you or have a, have a portfolio that would be acceptable to you? I mean, in other words, how hard is it to even find the suppliers of the product? Are there some that don't understand or want to participate in the conversation that you have? Um, yeah, I would say the early, in the early stages of the development of the concept, yeah, there were definitely a number of vendors that we decided not to work with because we just frankly didn't have a level of trust. At this point, mm -hmm. you know, we've, yeah, we've been open for over half a year. Yeah, we, we built great relationships with our vendors. We, we have a core group of sourcing partners that, that we work closely with and um, they want to work with us. We want to work with them. And it's, it's, seems to work out pretty well so far. Is there a, a seasonal fluctuation to availability and then price? Yes. You're, okay. So in your business, how do you, how are you dealing with that relative to the plate that you put in front of the client then? So, so the way that we actually built the menu, uh, most of our entree plates, entree salads, those items come with the guest choice of protein on top. So if you'd like a Caesar salad, for example, you can put salmon, shrimp, tuna, whatever you'd like mm -hmm. on top of that salad. We wanted to give the guests as much choice as possible. Um, of those protein offerings, what we call market proteins, we try to target anywhere from five to 10 different proteins in the restaurant every day. Of those five to 10, about half are core non-rotating products. You gotta have a tuna, you gotta have a salmon, you gotta have a shrimp every day. Um, the other 50% uh, is a, a collection of seasonally rotating products. You know, in the summertime, what I can get locally uh, or on the market is going to be different, as you would imagine, uh, what I can get right now. Um, so, and I think our guests appreciate that. If they, if they want that go-to piece of salmon, it's going to taste the same every time and served at a value. We have that. But if they want to try local white sea bass during the summertime or local halibut, we have that. And so these are challenges that um, can become uh, kind of wear down a restaurateur. It sounds like for you, this is actually an opportunity to use your creativity and yeah, your... it's the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's important. All right. So we're talking with Mike Flynn. He is the founder and principal of OC Restaurant. And we I didn't ask you where you're located. I guess we should spend a minute and talk about that. Where is your restaurant? We are located on the circle in Old Town Orange in the center of Orange County. How did you pick that venue location? Um, you know, I really wanted to find a unique property with character, with history, with legacy, something really special we could build a community around. You know, I think realistically so much of Orange County is, you know, just one cookie cutter strip mall <laughs> after the other. Um, take that as you will. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in building this first restaurant, we, we really wanted to find something unique the really special, beautiful space with with history that we could build a community around. Uh, this building that we're in right now, you can see it behind me, was built in 1910. Every, just about everything is is original, and we preserve that in the build-out. Um, so that was one reason. 
Um, the, the circle, the plaza in Old Town Orange, it's very much is a community gathering place for a number of, of different generations. Um, there's an incredible energy in this community that we really wanted to tap into. And then third, probably most importantly, there's just not a lot of seafood competitors out here. You know, you, mm. you can find good seafood, you know, I think in Orange County, but for the most part, it's, it's more concentrated towards the coast. Um, people in Orange, people in Anaheim, New Orleans, they want to eat good fish too, and they shouldn't have to drive 20 minutes to Newport Beach or to Huntington Beach to get it. Fantastic. Great. So let's talk about you a little bit. Where do you go to gain access to other entrepreneurs, either in your industry or outside your industry, from get their insights and experiences that are helping you stay ahead of your competition and grow your restaurant? Uh, well, I, I think there's different spheres of influence that, that I look to in, in, in building the business. You, know, you can't work in restaurants, in food and beverage without to a certain extent, being just obsessed with food and with wine and with, with beverage in general. Um, there are obviously a number of different websites, periodicals, you know, social media platforms, forums that I follow on a daily, if not hourly basis to stay on top of what I consider to be relevant food trends, uh, food topics, what's going on in my industry. Um, I probably have spent, definitely have spent way too much money over the past decade just eating in restaurants and bars frequently, um, you could not just because it's something that I enjoy doing, which I do, but it's something that I, I almost feel that I have to do. Um, in terms of running the business, just in general, you know, obviously we've, we've built a, I think, a pretty nice advisory board with the company, uh, with business leaders, both in my industry and I think just as importantly outside of my industry, that I can get a balanced perspective um, as, as a young entrepreneur. Um, these are things that you need to pay attention to. These are things that you can ignore. Excellent. So let's talk about the future. And I'm glad that you have people outside your industry as well as inside your industry. That's very, very good insight. Uh, let's talk about the future tomorrow. You mentioned, I heard you say our first restaurant. So I don't know that that was tipping your hand about your vision for the future, but what is your vision for the future? Uh, right now we're focused on making one restaurant work. I, I, think a, I think a good restaurateur or just any business leader in general, you have to be both very short-sighted and, and long-sighted. Um, we are 100% focused on making one restaurant work still at a very volatile time, you know, 2021 and looking ahead into 2022, things are, the world's still pretty upside down to a certain extent. Um, the way that I like to describe it, you know, I love this concept. Our guests seem to love this concept. If there is demand for an OC elsewhere in Orange County, then we'll certainly meet that demand. Um, but right now we're focused on just making one restaurant work. Excellent. And um, if someone would like to learn more about the restaurant, connect with you on LinkedIn, how do they find you in your restaurant? Uh, well, I'm here seven days a week. If you'd like to stop by, that's probably the easiest. If you visit our website, uh, eatoc.com, E-A-T-O-S-E-A.com, there's a little button in the bottom right corner. Uh, that says drop a line that goes straight to my email inbox. You can drop me a note there, um, or obviously you can find me on uh, on LinkedIn or on Instagram. Well, I'm excited, as I said before we started the show, after the holidays to come in and sample your menu and uh, experience your ambiance. And I want to appreciate you giving your time to talk about your, your restaurant and being a friend of this program. So continued success and can't wait to meet you in person after the first of the year. Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate it. Great chatting with you. It was good talking with you too, Mike. So Gottlieb, Brackman, and Reisman proudly supported this edition of Critical Mass Business Talk Show. GRRPC provides legal advice and guidance on all aspects of intellectual property law, including 
patents, trademarks, and copyrights. If you'd like to learn more about GRR, visit them at grr.com. I'd like to thank you, our audience, for being a part of Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Today's episode was episode number 1,327. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Rick Franzi, and that's my website, too. Until the next time, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Thank you.